Okay, so here we are again. What episode is this? Uh, nine. This is episode no. nine. Oh my god! Coming up on those double digits. Nine already? Yep. Okay, so we're gonna. Does that mean we need to do something spectacular for for episode ten? Um, we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> oh gosh well hello hello again people and welcome back to the nerd pastiche podcast mm-hmm. oh yes this is glorious i've been waiting for this week Brittany. i don't know about you i i have been both waiting for it and also a little nervous about it oh god why are we nervous mainly because i'm bringing up children's shows Look, okay, let's be honest here. This is a safe space, right? Uh, in the, yes, in, in yes, nerddom. Yes. I mean, I just told Absolutely. my I just told my buddy yesterday, who I sent a picture of me posing various figures, that it's geez, I'm just a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not really a great poser, at least not yet, but I just had, <laughs> I just was bored and I said, hey, let me just do this. Yeah, that's so, so I don't think you need to be concerned with bringing up kids shows. Now, depending on which ones they are, I might judge you. Well, yeah, I know. And that's that's what I have a feeling is going to happen. Yeah. Either you're going to judge me pretty hardcore or you are going to secretly go watch this and fall in love with it yourself and not want to admit it. Well, see, that's the whole purpose of, you know, we're teasing right now, right? Because yeah. that's going to be a whole purpose of this segment is that yep. it's kind of an abnormal love that we have <laughs> for something, right? Uh, All right. So that will... We'll we'll save that for later. So yep. again, we're here back at the Nerd Pestiche Podcast, episode nine. For those of you, if this is your first time, Brittany is your. Well, I just okay. I just introduced you, so I mean that's fine. I can introduce you. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. This you know, Brittany is the co-host, and so is Darian. Darian yeah, is the wonderful voice of voice of the gods. Uh, allegedly. See, so see, wow, I introduced you, you introduced me. Is that some sort of bootleg crossing the streams right there? Um, I hope not. Yeah. Because I don't want the, the podcast to implode. Yeah, we can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> that. So, yeah. So anyway. Not before episode 10, at least. We got to get be- to 10. <laughs> That's right. Not before episode 10. Yeah. So the question that becomes before we get into everything is, is our episode 10 going to be better than Star Wars episode 10? I don't think it's going to take that much. Ooh, that hurts. Right? That hurts. I know. (laughs) I know. I mainly said it to see what your reaction was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I think we we are just totally off the rails already, but who cares? It's our podcast. We can do what we want. That's right. I don't follow (laughs) anyone's rules, not even my own. I think the thing about Star Wars is we've had this discussion, and I still can't move off of it, where we had a discussion where... Is Star, is Star Wars the greatest kind of story told on film or is Marvel Cinematic Universe? I, I'm, I'm still stuck on it being Star Wars, despite I'm everything sorry, that's happened. but it's not anymore. It's really not. I, 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 that, that, maybe that's what we talk about next episode. And that can be our... <laughs> An episode, t- oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you, you, okay, we'll, we will consider that. Let us know what you think. And anyway, yeah, let us know what you think. And, and just as a side, I, I just want to say, well, we just want to say thank you for anybody that's, that's listened, mm-hmm. followed us, subscribed, and rated us. We appreciate it. And for those of you that, if you are listening and you, know, I, and you haven't rated or subscribed, I might think you're a hater. We would greatly appreciate your love. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> We've been, right, okay, Mr. Okay, Burns, hopped so up on drugs. <laughs> I would greatly appreciate your love. Darian would be fine with it. Yeah. Okay, okay, Mr. Burns, hopped up on drugs in that X Files episode uh, of The Simpsons. We bring you love. It is one of the best episodes. Let's be honest. It honestly is that in the monorail episode too. So why not? Okay. Anyway, but yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. So back to what I was originally going to say before what I was originally going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening, what Brittany and I tend to do is, is that we will talk about how we nerded throughout the week. We will give a sliver of nerd news that jumped out to us in our travels along the interwebs or various mm -hmm. social media platforms. And then we have a specialized segment that we'd like to bring to you each week that we go in depth on some sort of theme or topic. And, yep. you know, it just who knows what could be from week to week. It's always an adventure. Oh, mother of mercy, is it ever? <laughs> so, so my fellow nerd, tell yes. me, tell me, tell me, how, oh, how did you nerd this week? I think I can guess, but well, I'm going to be quiet. Okay, so the easy one is that I definitely binged the entirety of Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, so God, that's, come And on. you have to watch it because I have to complain. It was it was so good. It was it's always good, but I have some complaints and I need somebody to talk to about it other than Alex because he's probably tired of hearing me complain about the same thing. Okay, Brittany, you're you're killing me. You're killing me. You know I need to get to this. You know I enjoyed what I watched so far. It's I'm you're going to be ashamed of me right now, so I have to tell you something. Oh no, what is it? I'm kind of scared because I think I've forgotten almost everything. There is always a recap at the start of the season. Yeah. And then there are recaps before every episode in case you miss something. <laughs> no, because I feel like I've forgotten my, I've forgotten my favorite character. I know that much. Oh, Gila? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're she's she's My she's sweet in, baby Gila. She's in the newest season, but she's very, very minimal. Oh, come on. Again. Okay. So yeah. All I right. mean, there's I I can say is I can say a little bit because I don't want to totally ruin it for you. All right. But it'll probably be two years until you watch it anyway. So you'll forget <laughs> by then. Um, there's just not enough Bond or Hawk in this season. Ooh. There's not enough of that. There is a wonderful, amazing amount of um, King and Deanne. Yeah, I remember Which that. I, remember. I absolutely adore their, their combination. And with Gother kind of joining them as a third yeah. is really, really great. But there's just not enough Bon and oh, Hawk wow. for my liking. Oh, no. You need to have Bon and the Scraps Captain. Yes. Like that's, yes. That's the, the thing you need. <laughs> and there's another person that's related to that tangentially, but you haven't seen the last season, let alone the newest season. So I'm not going to bring her up at all. Okay, listen, we've been <laughs> over this, right? I, I've got Wentworth. I've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've got mm -hmm. Brittany. I have Sports mm -hmm. Ball. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I which one wrestling. I'd get rid of. Brittany, do you understand? I have, I have, there are one, two, three. I have like four different wrestling federations that I have this to watch. This ball is going to end anyway because of the Rona. So just like let it, let it go for this season. I still have the NBA and the WNBA, okay? 
I, I can't okay, just Okay, so they're in a them. bubble, which yes. is nice. But, yes. I mean. And hockey. Do you understand my hockey team is the number one seed? How is hockey? They're in a bubble. But with one another? Like, yes, they're, they're all up in each other's business. They're in a bubble in, in, in Canada. They're in a bubble. Well, I guess that's true. They are in Canada. Yeah, they're in the bubble. Yeah, Canada's safer than we are. Yeah. And even in Florida, the <sighs> WNBA and the NBA, they're in the bubble. But they're in Florida. But they're in the bubble. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but I, wasn't there one guy that was in the bubble and then was like, I tried to get leave to go to a funeral and then just went to a strip club? Uh, well, no, he went to the funeral. Uh, then he, on his way back, he went to the strip club. Because of the wings. Because there are wings. The, the wings are named after him, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. They are named after him, to be fair. So, so if anybody, now oh I'm not going my. to, I'm not going to. <laughs> go into what other you know activities might have taken place however <laughs> the wings are named after him so if anybody had any valid reason to stop by oh my that god would probably be the person no <laughs> I, I, look. anyway you don't care so about yes i binged the entirety of seven deadly sins it was good it is always good. It was disappointing. It ends on a cliffhanger, which just oh, means I'm going to have to wait another two to three years to find out what happens next, which is annoying. But yeah, so there's that. And yeah. then I, I grew another year. I aged another year officially. Oh, yes, yes. And so you're, uh, and you're wiser for it. Are you I don't know about that. But <laughs> um, we watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse in the morning because it's just nice. so good. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of coloring, mm. like just coloring books. Okay. So. Well, that's soothing. Yeah. From what I've told. Well, I've, I've, <laughs> from what you have personally told people. But from what I, what I, oh, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't dispense that kind of advice anymore. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, for, for my birthday, for my name day, as you like to put it, I got a, I guess it's like an adult coloring book not like an adult adult like bad coloring book like more like it's a bunch of old vintage pictures of women with phrases like get off my lawn yeah there's there's some some sassy things there's some snarky things there's some things that are include curse words that i prefer not to say on air uh yeah that's excellent, excellent. Well, well what know, about yeah. you? How did how did you nerd this week, considering you did not catch up at all on Seven Deadly Sins? Wow. So again, um, I'm the, just notice this, people. I'm the one who has consistently emphasized safe space, and look what's <laughs> happening here right now. All right. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, well, nerd is life, right? So oh, absolutely. Every, you know, every day you got to do something. But live, breathe, nerd. You basically, I really need to get. A, a shirt that just has nerd blasted over it. Um, well, I, a lot of things, but I'll just talk about two. So <laughs> horror is life, right? For you. Yeah. Oof, I mean, for Well, everyone. for all of us right now. <laughs> well, okay. Yes. I mean, horror is, is, is definitely subjective, but uh. in the traditional sense, right? I have started a, an ultimate challenge. So what is happening is that I'm essentially going to watch at least one horror movie every day until Halloween. Good Lord. It's not even technically like autumn yet. Look, okay, Brittany, when the grocery stores have the Halloween candy <gasps> display. I did that, see that yesterday. I got really excited. Yeah, that's when the countdown needs to begin. Okay, that's fine. 
You know what I mean? I so, can get behind that. So, yeah, so that's like one of the things that I'm doing. And my God, my God, do I, do, I mean, they're really, there, 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 there is no depth that I will not sink to. There, there is pretty much, there, there is no horror movie I will not watch. I was going to say, you did talk about the, what was it, the horror movie with the couch that went after people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, that wasn't a couch. It was called so, Killer Sofa. And it wasn't oh. a sofa. It was a recliner. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. But there's just, I mean, so that's basically how I'm nerding as, in some shape, form, or fashion every day. <laughs> and some of these are actually quite painful <laughs> and it, Good. Just, it, it hurts to watch them but you put yourself through it anyway i've seen things that i didn't think i was going to see well haven't we all in our own special ways we have we have so i mean that's really <laughs> what i've been doing and what i will continue to do so for those of you that are horror people out there the horror contention of people that it might that follow and and listen you should follow me on Instagram at I, I Skate Uphill. Yeah. And you should, as I chronicle this journey from now. Absolutely. Give him really good or really bad recommendations. There's nothing I won't watch. Exactly. And I'm, you're going to run out of movies. Well, no, you're not. No, but never. you might personally have like a day where you're like, I don't know which one to do next. Oh, that's every day. Honestly. So, so definitely reach out. Let us <laughs> either reach out directly to Darian or reach out to the podcast and just let us yeah. know which ones he needs to he needs to watch next. Yeah, I'm chronicling this on, on my own personal Instagram, <laughs> and I'm chronicling it on the Nerd Pastiche Podcast Twitter account nice. as well. Very nice. Yeah. So, do you want to hear in, in terms of nerding? Do you want to hear a quick story before we get into news? Absolutely. So. I love story time with Darian. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, my, my classes would enjoy story time too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So many moons ago, I, you know, you know, I used to work in a land far, far away. You know, I used to live in Ohio mm -hmm. and I had, and I used to be uh, a clinician, right? So I mm -hmm. used to work at a counseling center and we had, we had, you know, interns that were doctoral interns that would come in every year. And one he was a big time horror fan. Okay. So we, he and I, we really connected on, on that level, right? Because when, honestly, Brittany, when you find out somebody else is a horror fan, I know it's not your deal, a certain thing, <laughs> majority of it, right? <laughs> but seriously, when you find out somebody else is a horror fan, your eyes light up. You know, just, just light up. And yep. it's just like, you could talk to that person for hours. Yep. And this person, we would, we, you know, we, basically got to a point where we would trade movies back and forth and we tried to break each other emotionally <laughs> by, by finding the worst possible thing in our collection to give the other to watch. I absolutely appreciate this. Yes. And, and he, I, I, he gave me a movie that he said, I couldn't finish this. He, and he thought he broke, he was going to break me. Mm -hmm. And I told him, you need to go back and watch this because this is without doubt one of the most glorious films I have ever watched. <laughs> and it is, it is a centerpiece oh. in my collection to this day. He gave it to me and let me have it. What is it? It's called Zombie Doom. Now, well, that sounds dumb. Yeah, it, oh, it is. There are barely any zombies in this. Oh, there even are, better. There are ninjas. There's an evil, there's a mad scientist. <laughs> there are guns. There is a, a protagonist called the Meister. What? Ooh. Yeah, it's it. 
<laughs> the main characters basically get killed in the first, I don't know, first half of the film. Goodness. It is just a, a it is an insanity beyond belief, but it is so good. It is so good. And I broke him and I gave him uh, the what is a movie called The Mummy Maniac, which is supposed to be based on true, true life events. <laughs> sure it is. But it is so <laughs> awful. And he said, I, this, this, this broke me because I just, I just, I, I didn't know what to feel after I watched this because this was so bad. And for a going away <laughs> present, because the interns, you know, come in and out every year, yep. academic year, right? I gave him a copy of Mummy, Mummy Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> so that experience led me to realize there is no horror movie I cannot watch. Nice. I will sit through any horror movie anybody gives me. Yep. So that's how I nerded. Nice. Yes. That sounds great. Yes. Yes. It was, it's so brutal. <laughs> but <laughs> so, you're doing it to yourself of your own accord. Yes. I, I, I'm also doing it as a, as, it's almost like a public service announcement. Okay. Because I'm letting people know like, hey, this was so awful. Don't do this. You, you might not have the, the, the temerity, the will, the intestinal fortitude to sit through this. But See, I that did That sounds this more like you. a challenge. Exactly. And see, that's what, <laughs> that's what draws in the horror fan. Because if you say something is just so god awful, that's not going to make us turn away. That's going to make us say, oh, I have to see this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, even though I don't like to watch horror, I yeah. really seem to get along well with people who do. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, you know, you are a Nintendo enthusiast and you suffer horrors in your own way. That's, that's valid. That yeah. is valid. Yeah, yeah. I had to blow blow. Anyway. No, it's fine. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I know, I know. I'm probably going to have to buy new Joy-Con controllers with some of the little bit of cash that I got for my birthday. So sad. I know. Could have gone to a game. Yep. Yep, it could have. Oh, well. Well, suffering aside, what That's news true. do you have, Brittany? <laughs> what jumped oh, okay. out at you well, this last week? We can jump forward. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's two things. One is pretty quick um, for anybody else who happens to be fans or within the Rooster Teeth community. Um, I don't know if you remember, I told you that they had decided since they're not doing their general RTX convention, their Rooster Teeth Expo right. um, live, they're doing 10 days uh, completely online content. There's, yeah. from what I understand, it looks like it's going to be the, the two days over the weekend will be, um, what is it? I think it's like four days on one week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday is going to be rebroadcasts of everything mm-hmm. that happened over those first four days. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they'll do another four different days of panels but they released their schedule yesterday mm-hmm. um so that'll be about two weeks late because i think we're recording two weeks out but they released their schedule there's a lot of it that is just free to anybody who wants to watch it so that's really exciting there's a lot of good content for any first members as well or sponsors for those of us that have been around for a little while now, so can i interrupt you for a second yeah absolutely now tell me, so is somebody, so you said they released their schedule. So mm-hmm. is somebody, what is something that somebody who may be a first timer mm-hmm. in this community should, should have their eye on? And then what's somebody who's more of a grizzled veteran with this community? <laughs> what's something that they should keep their eye on? 
Well, so it really kind of depends on what you're interested in. Mm. The wonderful thing about Rooster Teeth Productions is that there's so many different, um, it's, it's it's a very large umbrella. So yeah. if you're interested in anime and that's what's bringing you in, the Ruby panel obviously is a really good one. Um, if you're interested in anime or any sort of animation then and you've been around for a little while, there's the Recorded by Arizal panel that is coming out. And that's one of their newer pieces that they're trying to, to kind of get audience feedback on to, to figure out if they want to move forward with that. Um, I'm a big fan of Issa Badiola who runs that particular who that that's her brainchild so i'm excited about that one um if you're more interested in like the the youtuber let's players obviously go to the achievement hunter or the fun house <laughs> and plant uh, panels um if you're into more frenetics of the, the the frenetic people definitely go to achievement hunter um fun house <laughs> will have some of that but it will more than likely be a little bit more the I think their audience skews a little bit older for Funhouse than it does for Achievement Hunter. Um, mm-hmm. But with that said, there's Achievement Hunter has such a wide swath of people because there are people like me who are in their 30s that watched them when they came out. And I'm the same age as a number of people in the group, like a number of the, the Achievement Hunters themselves. Right. But a lot of their audience tends to skew a little bit younger. Um, but same if you're you're a little more grizzled go to the <laughs> off topic panel because it'll be achievement hunter getting very drunk and talking about whatever they want to talk about that's and if you are a fan that's been around for a little while you you know these people as if they're your friends even though they have no idea who you are so learn and just being able to see them all they've got such great chemistry and when you put a little bit of alcohol in them it's going to be even funnier <laughs> So, because some of them really don't know how to, uh, what, what's Filter. the word I want to use? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, liquid courage is going to do that, That's part right? of it. That's part of it. Um, but they all, they all play characters in their own ways. Hmm. So there are, there are spaces like off topic where they're not necessarily playing the character. They're, they're being themselves with a hint of that. I see. So that's those sorts of things are always really exciting. So I'm excited just to just to actually be able to watch these panels, some of these panels live, because I've never been able to go to RTX. Yes, you were talking about that last time, I think, right? Yeah. So since it's the 10th anniversary, they're doing the 10 full days and I am excited. So that's that's the little one. The other thing that I came across, Darian, have you ever heard of Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. Oh no. I, I, I've seen this. I think I know where you're going. I'm very <laughs> familiar with Red Dead Redemption. I have not played it, unfortunately. So I, I am aware of it. I sure. have not played it. Alex has played a little bit, but Red Dead Online. Yep. <laughs> um, he does not necessarily play Red Dead Online, but we watch a lot of Let's Players who do. And they recently had an update. Oh boy. Yep. Have you, have you heard about this? Oh, yes. There is oh one screenshot God. that is so glorious. I, oh, my God. I have lost it over all <laughs> of the different 
glitches and just general weirdness that has been happening to players in Red Dead Online right now because of this update. <laughs> and it's funny because they're the Rockstar basically put out something. They were like, we're working on it. We know that there are some glitches. If you find something, please like forward it on. And some of the different things are like uh, low spawn counts, which apparently there's like no animals spawning. Um, there's no NPCs spawning except for one bald guy who just <laughs> randomly runs around. And <laughs> then is the, the other one is just other, which I think is primarily where most of this is going. Um, I've seen videos of dancing corpses. Like once you kill somebody, their body just continues to move around and dance. So there's That's a lot a death of rattle. It, well, that rattle goes on for an extended <laughs> period of time. And I've seen a lot of people like do little dance battles with the corpses of the people they killed. Oh, man. Um, there are flying horses. There are flying buggies with riders on them. There are horses that get kind of stuck in place. There's a really great tweet. I don't remember who it was. I should have written it down where they um, super cut. God, which Michael Jackson song was it? Maybe it was Beat It. But basically a section where it's very well known that he does a lot of the moonwalks in the video and the horse just stuck in place, basically moonwalking. So it's, there's some really great moments. I think my favorite though has to be the alligator rain. Have you heard about that one? Wait, okay. So alligator. And when you say rain, I'm going to assume you don't mean R-E-I-G-N. No, 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 it no. It is raining alligators. Yes. Wow. Oh, you, you oh, oh, I'm scared. Yes. yes. You that's... go into like the swamp area and even though like they're not spawning a lot of animals, people have found, have like walked into the swamp area and then suddenly just watched alligators rain from the sky. I smell a movie. <laughs> we had Sharknado. <laughs> Why not alligator gets... rain? Alligator rain. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So there's your horror movie tie-in. Oh, but, uh, creature features. I mean, who doesn't yeah, love those? Yeah. Now, so, really uh, quickly, let me ask you something. All right, because mm -hmm. you, between the both of us, if, if one were going to be labeled an avid gamer, obviously it's you. I would try to. I, I definitely don't think I game as much as I should. But Yeah, but you are that. more immersed than, than, even, than I am yes. by leaps and bounds, right? So... What I don't, and this is what frustrates me about gaming. And again, I'm not claiming to be the alpha and omega on the in, inside the industry in relationship to, you know, programming and all of that type of stuff. But my God, how is this still a thing? I, I can understand <laughs> a glitch here and there with certain things because, you know, things can get missed. People are people, right? But oh, when, yeah. when glitches are to this wide of a scale and, and, and they get released, I'm like, I, I just do not understand. How does it get to that point? What well, is the excuse or the reason? Okay, for so there is no excuse as far as yes. I'm concerned. That's my but, point. I mean, look at Fallout 76 that came out. It was nothing but glitches. I think it's just now actually becoming a game that people can play. And that's, I think a lot of it, specifically with these sorts of games, this, this online gaming, if yeah. you will, Rockstar has got a pretty good understanding of it just because they've had gta online for so long right um working with red dead online it's a lot of the same sort of things but it's one of those i'm not really sure if it's just because they're they're 
bigger game studios that they think they can get away with it because people will keep playing. That's part of it. That's part of it. If this was an indie game with these kinds of glitches, people would stop playing. That's right. Because they just weren't, they, they wouldn't necessarily assume that there would be enough manpower to fix the glitches to be able to make the game playable. Whereas something like this, you know, Rockstar Entertainment has a ton of people on the back end trying to fix these things. And see, that's bass backwards, right? Because you yes. think that you want to give the indie game a chance, like, okay, well, they don't have very many people. Yep. Let's see what this turns into versus the big, you know, company or st- studio that, you know, you're just going to just, you know, just lay down for so to speak, in terms of your money, no matter what. And I definitely think it also has something to do with the kind of gamer you are. I mean, there are a number of people that have just been like, well, I'm going to not play this until they get it fixed. But then you also got the number of people that are like, this is absolutely insane. And let me get video clips of everything I possibly can. Sure, sure. Since there's and there's a ton of people that um, I actually saw some really beautiful photos because you've got the photo mode that you can do in so many games now. And right. when since nothing is spawning, no NPCs or anything, they'll they'll kind of do photo modes of these complete ghost towns. They'll That's do right. photo modes of the the hills and such with no animals popping up. So it's these, it kind of depends on the kind of gamer you are as well right. and what the base game is. So Red Dead, when it came out, was really, really great. Red Dead Online, when it came out, was really great. There were some glitches, but nothing too huge. This is, this is a whole nother level of what on earth is going on. Exactly. But it's definitely something where I think these bigger studios feel like they can get away with it. Yeah. Um, but that, that might just be me. I don't know. Um, well, EA is, is probably the, uh, oh, we don't is probably the EA. biggest offender, right? We've talked, we've mentioned mess. them in the past. They're yeah. the biggest offender with, with the in-game, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're an absolute mess. They are. But, you know, it's something where it, it, if it wasn't for this sort of thing, I wouldn't have these funny stories. There wouldn't be really amusing true. clips up on the internet. Very and true. there are going to be a number of gamers that were le- that'll probably be like, you know what? I've never tried it, but Alligator Rain sounds pretty great. Let me hop in. It's just like we were talking about with the horror movie thing. Exactly. Right? Like, this is awful. Oh, well, I need to go watch Let it. Let me go check this out. In the same <laughs> yeah. way that Fallout 76, the only reason that Bethesda didn't go under because of that, because it was terrible. Like, it is a terrible game. Like, it is, they were not prepared to put a game like that fully online. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, all of the Skyrim properties online is one thing, but this, they were trying something very different. And yes, that's, that's great. That's definitely something to, to commend that they were trying something very different, but they were pushing for this timeline that just was not possible for them. So seven, Fallout 76, there were a number of people that were really stoked about it. I mean, it takes place in like the Appalachians. So in like West Virginia, mm. which there's a whole thing about you can fight the Mothman. I mean, come on. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But then you hop in and no Mothman to be found. Everything is glitching left and right. You can't pick up two items simultaneously. It, like there's, there's so many issues with it. But then at the same time, you get a number of other players who are like, I kind of want to see how bad this is. So they're still getting the money. That's the struggle, right? Because, but I think my guess is that the average person or average gamer, if, if whatever that is, 
you know, if you are out there day one and you are willing to drop your 60 bucks yep. right out of the gate, I, I would be not, I would not be very pleased. Yes. And that's, you definitely get a lot of backlash. Yeah. And especially so. with this, this rumor that the new generation of games is going to be, is good, potentially going to be $70 a piece. Right. I out know, of the which is terrifying. Yeah. So that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to uptick this, 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 the need for having this right the first time and, and this glitching and all of this other types of stuff that, that, that can't be there. Yeah. Uh, well, Darian, what about you? What news, what news do you have? Well, my news is I, I'm going to go, I, I was going to do one thing, but now seeing as I, I just, something else just popped up and I'm just going to do that just for the sake of time. Sure. So we talked about G4, right? And we've all the, you know, the, yes. the, the, the hullabaloo, the, scuttlebutt if you how will. we how we summoned it into being we how we uh, yes that's right how we summoned this into existence mm -hmm. us and us alone right yeah yeah i just saw and this is going to be my only news for the day guess who is potentially in talks to be a host please tell me please tell me it is xavier woods no anyway damn it <laughs> yeah i set you up right there so i am I calling for this so bad i uh, want it to happen i set you up so bad for that i know but anyway no olivia munn interesting is, re is reportedly in talks to rejoin g4 as a host when the network relaunches in 2021 huh well yeah, good I for her just now saw this so this might be a little bit quote-unquote old news by the time this releases but I just saw this and that's what I wanted to just, that's why I decided to kind of hijack my original news for this. Well, that would be kind of nice. Yeah. I think if you're gonna, part of the whole deal with reinstituting a brand, revisiting yeah. a brand is, is you need to have, you know, you need to ha have something connecting it to the past. Right. And I know. And you know, she we definitely have, would do that. Yes. And she's so, a recognizable face too. Right. And it's somebody that knows the property, that knows the yep. brand, that knows what it's supposed to be. So, you know, you, 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 it, it institutes a level of trust, yep. theoretically, in people that previously watched the show. Yep. I am anticipating that this will come to fruition. I would like this to happen. Yeah. Because I used to just, just, I love G4. I would listen to the podcast, all yep. of that crap before podcasting was even really cool right you know that's oh yeah yeah so i would download all of that stuff watch it it was just it was just great stuff so i'm 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 excited for this to actually come to fruition it'll be great it'll be refreshing it'll be again yeah. something you know again tying us to the past i know you're supposed you know people have the idea of you know live life through the windshield and not the rearview mirror but again like we said before you need somebody that's been associated with the property before in order to yes. establish some sort of trust yes and honestly, there's a rearview mirror on that front windshield. That's true. Yes. It's attached. That's Might true. as well get both. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So that's that's my big thing. Oh, uh, can you imagine her and Xavier Woods together? That would actually be interesting. I would be so here for that combo. Yeah, somebody old and somebody new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I would think is what I would like them to do, you know, with this G4 reboot, Get some more eyes. You can get some more eyes on it because you got ner quote unquote nerds in so many different areas of entertainment. And yeah. so I think really emphasizing some, maybe some more, more like guest appearances and things like that. People that are like a hardcore 
yeah. into this stuff and getting them on the shows in some shape, form or fashion would, is really going to be helpful. It's been so long since I watched the original G4. I don't think that they, that they did that very often. I don't remember that happening too often. Yeah. So it was very, not, not silo-ish, but it maybe it was a different, it was a different time back then, right? Nerd is yeah. nerd, nerd cultures for, for whatever you want to call that, whatever that means. And you'll, you'll get big, big names coming out the woodwork to probably join in now. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that's just my little bit of news. So that's, that's all I'll do for the sake of time in our segment. So, yay. So the segment for today is entitled it's so fluffy. It's so fluffy. Exactly. So for, for the uninitiated, this is a quote from Agnes in Despicable Me. That was her name. It was Agnes, right? I think so. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Was, yeah, it had to be Agnes, right? Yeah, because it just... was, it was I, all I remember was it was an old lady name and I yeah. loved it because it, she was so little. Yes, an old lady name for, you know, because Agnes's are just born old. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we all, everybody yeah. knows that, right? Can you imagine in 10 years whenever Britney's going to be an old lady name? Is it? It has to be. It will, at some, in some generation, it will be, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, because there are no more Agnes's, clearly. Well, there's not very many. No, that we know of, exactly. Yeah. But, but. This is entitled It's So Fluffy. And for those, for this is based off of Despicable Me. And for those of you that know what we're talking about, there's a scene in Despicable Me where, uh, you know, the children of the, of the movie are at an amusement park. And Agnes gets a hold of a plush novelty. It is a plushy unicorn. It's so cute. Yeah, see, I didn't want to say plushy or, or a stuffed animal. You know, I wanted to be more formal. Plush okay. novelty. Okay? okay. Again, decorum. Sure. So she latches onto this thing and hugs it and says, it's so fluffy, I'm going to die. Yeah. So That's that is true. clearly a disproportionate love of something or excitement mm -hmm. over something that maybe... Uh, Doesn't necessarily deserve it at, at first glance. Oh, well, I'm not saying that for mine. Mine at deserves At first glance. Well, mine well, definitely does too, but... <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about the broader community, right? Because we all have our, our fandoms and nerddoms, right? So there may be a, a, a sect of that community where it's kind of counterculture or it's maybe not as popular or maybe the wider community doesn't see like, why do you like this so much? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where we kind of, this, this spawned from. So yes. it just, it's so fluffy. So a disproportionate appreciation, love, joy, excitement for something that maybe the broader nerd community just like, okay, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. So I'm excited for this because you teased a little bit uh, when we talked about what yours would be. <laughs> Obviously I, I have no flipping idea what it could be. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to you because I want you to go first because I really need to know what this is. Okay. So I have told you a little bit about this before, Darian. Oh, boy. But okay. uh, I have never really fully gotten, it in, gotten into it with you. Okay. It's something so, I repressed, obviously. Yes. So as, as the, the longtime listeners of this ninth episode probably have heard at this <laughs> point, um, I have a daughter. She just turned three. And yes. she really, I mean, a lot of our TV watching, luckily anime is bright and shiny and she's really enjoying that <laughs> a lot. But originally when she was a little bit younger, a lot of the TV that we watched was nothing but kids cartoons. Of course. Just because, I mean, it's, it's kind of what you do. You watch the stuff you want to watch after she goes to bed. Right. 
So we came across a TV show that is found on Netflix that it was recommended. It was one of those recommended shows or whatever based on other things that we watch. The algorithms, the algorithms. Yes, the algorithm said <laughs> this is a kid's cartoon or a family cartoon that had, it was like an 81% match or something. So we're like, sure, let's see what it is. It looks bright. It looks kind of superhero-y. So let's, let's see if she enjoys it. Darian, do you remember me ever telling you about the miraculous ladybug? Yes, yes, okay. yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do. So. Oh, okay. Miraculous ladybug. <laughs> oh my God. Okay I'm, re- okay, I'm ready. All right, okay, okay. I'm good. <laughs> so this whole, okay, so we started out watching it and it's got like a, it's got the, the theme song, the opening theme song is a bit of a bop. So we were like, okay, we're feeling this. We're feeling this. <laughs> it's very bright colored. It's that 3D or kind of 3D CG, like animated weird style that's very popular nowadays. Yeah. So it's that kind of style. So it's really a lot of fast movement. There's these little things called kwamis that are like based out of Japanese folklore, but they're these little like tiny creatures that fly around and they help the, the main characters turn into these superhero versions of themselves. And it's, Obviously, my daughter, being my daughter, was like, this is amazing. There it is. There um, it is. That was a good Agnes so right fluffy. there. That was a good Agnes. So, Very good. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, her first birthday party was Ladybug and Cat Noir themed. <laughs> I made cupcakes that were little ladybugs and then little black cats with little gold bells. Like that was, that was how into this she was. And she's still into it every once in a while. Now I have a feeling it's going to come back into the rotation here soon. So we really got into it more, even more than she did. It's, it was originally, so here's, here are the reasons why I love it. Okay. So it was actually originally intended to be an anime. So it's got a lot of the things that we love about anime in it. It's mm-hmm. this, it's that magical girl kind of style. So you've got some Sailor Moon essence. You've got a little bit of like the card captors, young girl who kind of falls into this like power basically and uh-huh. just trying to figure out how to do it. It's got, she's, she's super klutzy. The main character, Marinette, is like a super klutz. But when she transforms into Ladybug, she is super suave. And she's, she's able oh, to like yeah. jump around and be acrobatic and have like no issues whatsoever. She's really timid in person. But as Ladybug, she's got these sassy remarks. And she's quick and very witty and on top of things. It's like that dual personality that she's... They're both her, but one of them is like a heightened version of herself that she feels she can be whenever she's behind the mask. And the other main character, Adrian, who plays, who turns into Cat Noir, Adrian <laughs> is this, like, he's the, the popular kid at school. He's a model. His dad is a fashion designer. 
in France. This all takes place in France as well, which is really okay. cool. Yeah. Um, well, it's just nice because it's a different location than you typically see. Like, like there's, New York or Los Angeles. Exactly. Andrews. There's a ton of things that happen at like the Louvre and the the Eiffel Tower and uh, the Arc de Triomphe. And there's like a bunch of different things around that they like go into. And so you see these landmarks of, uh, of French culture at different points. So it's that's, like, cool. that's really exciting and neat. Um, but anyway, like all of the buildings are set up like you would, you would see in like a little French town. It's really, really neat. But anyway, so he is this popular kid and he has a huge crush. Here's the, the love thing that every anime has. He has a huge crush on Ladybug Mm -hmm. and Marinette who plays Lady, who is Ladybug has a huge crush on Adrian. But they don't know each other's secret identities. Nice. Okay. All right. So there's like Adrian. That's tried and true. Exactly. It's like your typical anime love thing where you can't tell each other who they are because they for for safety reasons. And the villain is actually are you? Well, I don't know if I want to give it away. But the villain is related. I'm not going to watch Miraculous Ladybug. Oh, come on. Okay, fine. No. So the villain, Hawk Moth, is actually Adrian's dad, and they just don't know it. Oh, okay. So, like, That's tried and true as well. Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of like um, there's there's this weird familial thing going on. There's all these different like bits of intrigue and miscommunications and... There's, I mean, there, I mean, there's definitely a lot of like that love me senpai stuff going mm-hmm. on, yep. um, which is uh, again, traditional anime cartoon sort Tropes. of style. Um, it's also, I mentioned it takes place in France and the actual animation studios are, it's a collaboration between French studios and Japanese studios. So it kind of mm-hmm. gives this really interesting combination whenever you're actually watching it there's like right. a whole episode where <laughs> the there's a a guy the the miraculous ladybug movie is coming out and all of the stills from the art from the movie are basically what the original anime was supposed to look like so there's all these different little like calls to things you've got these this japanese folklore that's kind of interweaved throughout all of the villains, I mean, the main villain, Hawk Moth, his power is he has little butterflies called Akumas, and he makes them dark, and he sends Akuma. them out into the world whenever, and they take advantage of normal people who are just feeling vulnerable at the moment. So, wow. like, the very first set of episodes, you get a kid who, he's writing, a, a like, a little... a a song to this girl that he really likes but he's like this bigger guy and he's kind of scary looking and but he's really just a sweet teddy bear and the other kids are making fun of him so then this akuma affects like comes and flies into him and he becomes the villain for cat noir and ladybug to fight so it's Makes that makes sense because I mean Akuma means I mean in English it means like demon exactly so, so you've got the the folklore there yeah so all of those sorts of things are happening they end up fighting their friends and different people in the community and uh, it's 
there's other Kwamis, which are the, the little creatures that make you superheroes. So as the story progresses, you start to see other Kwamis that exist and then their friends start to become superheroes. And, but the only people like they don't all know each other are superheroes so it's like there's all this little intrigue they've got pretty kick butt fight sequences as well so animation wise i'm here for it like there's some really really good very well choreographed fight scenes yeah and then you add to it the the and i know you don't like dubs but this dub is so good Oh no, not it a seriously dub. is. I'm not kidding. Just to just to give you something to kind of hold on to. Think about the dub or the, the voices of um everyone in Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. So the guy who voices Meliodas voices Adrian Agrest in Cat Noir. Okay. All right. The woman who voices Hawk, our favorite piggy trot, mm. <laughs> voices Marinette in Ladybug. Oh, that's cool. And I mean, if you want to go even further, one of the Cat Noir's best friend, uh, Nino, is voiced by Bon. Ha. All right. So it's like you get so much of the same group of people all together. And there's vocally, I don't I doubt that they're all recording in the same space with one another, but vocally yeah, they all so. know each other and you can kind of hear that through the through the different voice acting. Right. There's, it's just so good. And see, it's I, that's the good thing. Like with anime, when it comes to the the voiceovers and the dubbing, I'm a little bit, I'm, I, I can be forgiving yeah. if it has that kind of element where there's a legitimate, where it feels like there's a legitimate chemistry and it's not this this, uh, it, it, it's not sterile. If yes. that makes sense. And this is the chemistry between the voice actors is so good. Like it's just so well done. There's some really good music that's involved, like some good scoring to kind of throw in things that you like. Uh. Um, but it's also, it's just one of those shows that it's, it's pure entertainment. It's not super deep, though there are some definite, there's definitely some lore to go through. And there's intrigue. There are people that are like, well, is this who this is? Is this what's the, who's going to be, who's going to get this Kwame? And how is this going to work? And, there's like little love triangles here and there. And it's just, it's so, it's such a good, like if it wasn't an anime, it, it even though it isn't drawn as anime, it's just such an anime. Interesting. And it is so good. Like, yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, to give my. you an example of how good, because this is typically released, it's it, um, Nickelodeon is the property in the US that runs it which Nickelodeon doesn't have, like, unless you have uh, cable, you don't see things that are from Nic- that are on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So for the seasons to come out, we have to wait until they come out on Netflix. Okay. To show just how into this we were, we were <laughs> locating the different episodes on YouTube and various other sources so that we could watch what was happening in the newest season. Oh, wow. So, so let me ask you this. So when did the transition happen from it being a show that your that your daughter watched and then you're just like, oh, we're just going to, we're just hijacking this. This is ours now. So, Kinda, like, where did that happen? You know, I'm not really sure. 
Because we were pretty hooked after the first episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Didn't take long. Okay, very good. No, we were like, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and I have videos of her where the, again, the theme song is such a bop. So whenever she was first learning how to like stand on her own, where she would, we would have the theme song up on the TV and she would like be like putting her hands up on the, the entertainment system or the entertainment center and just kind of like shaking her booty because she didn't know how to walk yet to the song like it's so cute so it's one of those things where she loved watching it because it was brightly colored but then we would see her falling asleep or going and playing with something while we were continuing to watch it and then we were kind of like this is not normal So if there's any other miraculous ladybug fans out there, oh hit God. up a girl because I got questions. I got thoughts about the season that just that had the most recent season. Yeah, that was out of nowhere <laughs> because yeah, that is a definitely that is definitely it's so fluffy because I, I would have not guessed this at all. I I, I faintly remember you mentioned it in the show, but yeah, you, you did not express this to me at well, all. I mean, it's got like transformation sequences, like whenever she, whenever they turn into their, whenever the Kwamis like turn them into their their superhero counterparts. Right, it's such a Sailor Moon transformation. <laughs> like it is to a T, Sailor Moon transforming. And it's like, this is so good. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, I would not have pieced that together. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> highly recommend it for anybody who wants to just kind of enjoy some mindless, cute entertainment. Now, now have you shared this with anybody else well, outside of... Well, obviously, my husband knows because he's well, yes. in the same boat. He was yes. he didn't get quite as into it as I did. Ah, there um, go. But my sisters, who whenever we were first, whenever we uh, first had Mo, uh, my sister and my soon-to-be sister-in-law, they both lived with us, and mm-hmm. they got equally obsessed with <laughs> me. Uh, so they were a thing. Uh, Back when I was teaching, this was also when I was still a graduate student at University of Maryland, and there was a couple of students who had mentioned something that (laughs) related to it, and I, being an idiot, brought it up, and they were like, oh my god, you watch Miraculous too? Oh, shit. Yes. So there's a small cohort of Miraculous Ladybug fans that have recently graduated from the University of Maryland's theater department. <laughs> is there, is there, I mean, is there a Reddit page? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gone that deep because I'm afraid. Oh, um, you, if there is a Reddit page, would you go from lurker to, to, to member? I mean, see, I don't know. And that's why I don't want to do it just in case. <laughs> don't worry. I'll look it up for you. Thanks. And I'll send you the, Thanks, the buddy. URL. <laughs> And you can decide and let us know. Uh, it's just so, it's so good. It's one of those things where if I am <laughs> home by myself and I don't know what to watch, I will put on an episode of that. All right. Just to have it on in the background. That's next level. Like it's, it's up there with Parks and Rec for me. As far uh, as now, like, hold on that sh- as far as shows that I put on in the background, whenever oh. I'm just like, I need something that I've already seen plenty of times. I already basically have it memorized, oh, so I can watch okay. the scenes that I really want to. But I can have like 
I hate being in silence. So I always have to have either music or a podcast or something up on the TV whenever I'm just home by myself. Yeah. So there's probably <laughs> some psychological things we can go into at another time offline. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, but there is, it's one of those shows that I'll just, I'll just throw that up. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Miraculous uh, ladybug. It's so good. Oh my god. It's so fluffy. It, clearly, <laughs> clearly it is. Oh my god. Well, Darian, do you think oh. you can top the miraculous ladybug? I don't know. The adventures of miraculous I do ladybug not know. and cat uh, We're going to find out. I don't think mine is going to well, funny thing. Mine is is in no way fluffy. Okay. Um Brittany, I know you're familiar with this greatest sport of all. I've talked about this a couple of times, right? Oh, you're you're wrestling. Yes, professional wrestling. Wrestling. Okay, yeah. When you say it like that, um, but yes, <laughs> professional <laughs> professional wrestling. So yes. the reason I bring this up is, and I know that you know with your background in theater, mm-hmm. I know that you can appreciate the 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 performance aspect and the pageantry. Oh, absolutely. Of professional wrestling, right? So. You know, okay, you're you're not a fan, but you know of it. So, oh, I'm, yeah, because you're not a fan, you're you're an outsider. You know, <laughs> the the big Kahuna in professional wrestling, right? You know what company that is. Oh yeah, it's the the WWE that used to be the WWF. Right. So WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Now WWE is their own little brand now. They're really watered down now, but that's where I got to started watching professional wrestling way back before I could even crawl. Or, cool. Well, that's a lie. Before I could walk. Okay. So, that's so close. So WWF at the time, you know, there are there are other federations that have that have been out there that have come and gone that have now become defunct. Obviously, WWE is still the mainstay. That's the big Kahuna. That's anybody who's an outsider. If they think wrestling, that's what they know. That's what they would be able to spit out. Yeah. But there was a time where there wasn't really just WWE, and even to a degree now, it's not just WWE. But again, that they weren't as big as they back then as they as they are now in terms of the public spotlight meaning being a publicly traded company all of this type of stuff but that's getting beside the point so i'm going back to the 90s okay so yeah i know it's gonna be okay we're just it's gonna be okay are we talking about luchadors today no, we're not talking. No, we're not talking okay. about. Uh, we're not talking about. Uh, you know, Mexican wrestling. You know, triple A. You know, triple A. You know, we're not talking about that. Okay. So ECW is my. It's so fluffy. Okay, I see and it written down five times. So it must good, be very, very, very fluffy. It is very fluffy, right? And the it is it is for the letters mean extreme championship wrestling. What? Yes. Now, back in the <laughs> '90s, there were three. There, there, the '90s, there were three big. Well, there were two big promotions. Then a third one came along. So back in the early '90s, there was still the WWF World Wrestling okay. Federation. There was WCW World Championship Wrestling, and then there was this quote this upstart company that was the offshoot of and the NWA, which is the National Wrestling Alliance, a dying federation that was once lauded in history and glory and all of these types of things. Okay. So ECW was, a, was an offshoot of the NWA. So around 1994, I'm not going to go through all of the history because I want to get into why it's so fluffy, why I care about it hmm. so much. Back in the, you know, ECW is a company based out of, a federation based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Right? So that's going to tell you a lot right there about why it means so much to me. So why wasn't it East Coast Wrestling? 
it hold it was used to be known as Eastern Championship Wrestling. Oh, okay. Now again, remember they were an offshoot of the NWA promotion. Okay. Uh, and basically, what took place is there was a there was a tournament to crown a new NWA champion. And what took place is there was a wrestler by the name of Shane Douglas who won this tournament. This was about August. This is August 1994, August 27th, I believe, 1994. <laughs> okay. He, he won this tournament and basically threw down the NWA championship and said it is a dead promotion. And this is where he, and this is, that's a huge thing in professional wrestling. If you discard a belt <gasps> from a promotion on television like that's a that's a huge thing to do it doesn't happen very often but yeah. when you do that that makes not ripples that makes waves in the wrestling industry okay yeah. it doesn't happen like anymore but that was the thing that you just didn't do that was a controversial thing that was a huge deal so he threw down this belt and he ushered in you know he he, he dubbed himself the extreme ECW champion, extreme championship wrestling, because it used to be known as Eastern. And then it was changed over to extreme as a result of this. Okay. So that's just a quick snippet of the history. So the reason why it's so fluffy to me is because WWF and WCW had one thing that's known in the wrestling industry for people that don't know is, is that there are different federations can have different styles of wrestling. WCW was a very old school type of approach. WWF was a more, was ushering into that more entertainment aspect with the yeah. characters that they would give off. The like, theatricality. Yes. And, and in the mid nineties, when this has taken place, the WWF in particular and WCW, they, WCW had still had great wrestling. WWF, it was kind of like a tire fire with some of the characters <laughs> and some of the things that they would do. Yes, there were bright spots, but it was just, it, it became for me as a fan, it became drab, it became boring, it became tiresome. Gotcha. So let's speed, fast forward a couple of years. So 94, let's fast forward to about 96. Now, I didn't, now back then, all I watched was WWF. Okay. I knew a little bit about WCW, you know, from WCW Saturday Night, but, you know, I was a kid, didn't have cable, so, you know, he was kind of stuck with just WWF, right? Cool. So fast forward to about 1996. I saw on television, this was back in the day, like, you remember those, those news shows, like hard copy and all that crap? No. Oh my God. Okay. Yep. Okay. So there used to be like these news <laughs> shows and news segments, segments, and I think it was on a hard copy or something like that. There was this, this, this report about this federation okay. that, where there was blood and violence and table use and, and women taking spots, you know, like getting power bobbed and all of this other type of stuff. Like women actually getting into the mix with wrestlers legitimately. Dang, yeah. So and I said, and I saw it on TV and I said, what the hell is this? And it, that segment of watching that hooked me. <laughs> of course and I, and it I, did. And I had to find out what is, what this was. So that's where I became a fan. And this is where I got into like actually buying pro wrestling magazines, starting to do like tape trading because back in, back in the day, there was no internet. You had mm -hmm. to actually like go on, go on to like, you actually had to like send away for, uh, for for tapes and things like that from companies. That's from so other sweet, promotions. Grandpa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. So <laughs> the reason why it stuck out to me is because it was so ECW was counterculture. Gotcha. It was different from yeah. everything that I ever saw, and the reason it, it ushered in it, it put on the main stage like Japanese style of wrestling in the in in Northern America. 
Nice. As well as the Mexican, the Lucha Libre style. Yes. In North America. So people, so legends like Rey Mysterio Jr., Sakosis, uh, in Japan, you had, you know, later on, you had people like Hayabusa, uh, um, um, Shinzei Shinzaki, Masato Tanaka, the gladiator, may he rest in power, Mike Awesome, so, uh, which was a strong style, a very hard-hitting style of professional wrestling. Yeah. Lucha Libre was more, you know, high-paced, fast-moving, aerial Lots assault. of flying. Wings, lots of flying. And yeah. then it ushered in hardcore wrestling. Into north main into mainstream Northern America, so the use of tables, yeah. barbed wire, trash cans, kendo <laughs> sticks, weapon <laughs> weaponry. Holy right? cow! And, right, so these people were legit busting each other over, eating right? the crap out of one another, eating the crap out of each other, and it just it hooked me because it was so different. It was real. It was gritty. Right. Yeah. It felt real. It felt gritty. It was it was underground. It was counterculture. Yeah. It was anti-establishment. To this day, it's classified as being a cult following. Back then it was, just like it is now. It is a cult following. <laughs> to this day, guys that, are stood, that were associated with ECW, when they come on television, the fans will chant ECW. That's kind of cool. Now, this promotion, it only lasted 1994 to basically to 2001. So it only had a seven-year history. Yeah. But the fandom, we love these. All of the, everybody that ever came through that door. And made their name there. We loved them like it was yesterday. So this is your, this is kind of like your Nintendo. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I stand by this. <laughs> I, it, people may not say it's the great. For me, ECW is the greatest federation in the history of professional wrestling. Cool. Then, now, and always. And here's a couple of other reasons. So it wasn't only the it was the wrestlers were grittier. And I'm going to show you a couple in a minute. But also the brainchild behind it. Um, can you see this? Can yeah. The evil genius? Yes. This man is Paul Heyman. He's now, got I'm a lot go, of hair. Well, now, back then at least. Now, I'm not going to go over all of his history, but for the he was the evil genius the, the, the behind ECW. What I mean by that is is that one of the things about wrestling is that people you you are you're in theater, so you know you have to know your personnel. You have to know the strengths oh, yeah. of what your performers are able to do and maximize that and yep. and, and and mask hide the weaknesses. Oh, absolutely. You put, you, you make your combos. This man was able to do that with virtual, with everybody that walked through the door. And there were some legendary people that walked through that door. So he's that, a good director. That weren't, yeah, that weren't, that, that went on to be greats. Stone Cold Steve Austin <gasps> came through ECW. Did not know that. Mankind, Mick Foley came through ECW, Cactus Jack came, you know, so, so these. I don't know guys, who Cactus Jack is, but I want to now. Yeah, yeah. He made his name in WCW and in Japan as well, but he came through ECW before he went to WWF. He sounds prickly. Yeah, oh, he he's an he's an interesting character. <laughs> he's an interesting character for sure. He was he was a hardcore guy. He was an yeah. extreme guy. So so you know, you know, Eddie Guerrero, uh, may he rest in peace, Rey Mysterio Jr. Dean Malenko, for better or for worse, you know, you know, a performer, just performer, a, you know, performer only. Chris Benoit. These Aww. are Chris Jericho, the Lionheart. These are dudes that came through and were, you know, in Northern American wrestling and made their cut their teeth truly and, and yeah. to a broader audience. And before they went on to, to WCW and WWF. So this man is a freaking genius. And I am a Paul Heyman mark. <laughs> and I will stand by, but for, for better or for worse, for all of the pluses and the minuses that he's been associated with in terms of business practices and how he handled ECW, yeah. I'm always going to love Paul Heyman. 
And the next thing, the voice. My favorite, you know, one of the biggest things is a match is a match, but a match is a match. A match goes to a whole other level when you got commentary. Well, yeah, and especially if they're a good commentator that knows, knows how to work the crowd. That's, that's, that's right. Well, this guy right here was a one-man show. Now, Does traditionally in wrestling, you have, you have a color commentator and you have a play-by-play guy. Yeah. So you got the guy telling the story. You got the guy breaking down the action in the ring and the moves to a you know to a technical aspect, so to speak, right? And then you got the guy that's adding you know the the, the panache. To yeah. It, right. This man did it all by himself. <laughs> that's awesome. So Joey Styles. So this is my favorite commentator, play-by-play man of all time. Then I like did, his style. Oh, he's yes. I see what you did there. I did. Yeah, and he came, and his patented phrase is "Oh my god." Oh, So hardcore, extreme. You see this, 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 this snapshot I sent you, right? Yes. It, it to kind of describe it for for the listeners. It kind of looks like someone was trying to do a handstand or maybe a cartwheel. Let's say a cartwheel. He looks like he's mid flip at this point, and his for some reason he didn't put his his uh his leading hand down. Instead, he tried to do it with his elbow. And his neck looks like it's not supposed to go that way. Well, he was, he, uh, this is a match between Chris Benoit and the man that's getting dumped on his head is Sabu, the most homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defying maniac in all of professional sports. That's his moniker. Interesting. And that he is got, quite the, the moniker. It is. He's, that dude is extreme. that on a business card. Yeah, he once got a, the legend goes, he once had his arm cut open by barbed wire crazy glued the wound closed. Ah, okay. So this man he's is got quite the story. Yeah. He's the guy that like brought tables to professional wrestling in, in, <laughs> in Northern America and, yeah. and, and the, and the avid use of them, this dude right here. So he got dumped on his head. So extreme. So he broke his neck there. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I, be, or he, I believe he broke it, but or he, he got dumped on his head, but yeah, extreme. This dude didn't miss shows. Okay. I was going to say, so this, this kind of wrestling isn't more like the choreographed. This is like actual throwdown. People can very easily get hurt kind of well, wrestling. Well, you can easily hurt doing a basic move in well, any, yeah, any, in any but, arena. These guys, the reason that they were different is because there was a bit of a strong style element to it. So they worked a bit each other. Strong style means you work each other stiff. So there's more of a reality to it. Yes, it's still quote unquote choreographed. Yeah. But there's more kind of like, there, there, there's more, you know, significant contact, more, more hard hitting, gotcha. more hard pace, more, more fast gotcha, pace, gotcha, right? gotcha. Okay. So depending on the wrestler, it, it did kind of, did, it depended, or it, it just depend on the wrestler, but still yeah. they, they, be, they were known for being extreme. And this is the type of stuff that you would see. Now, obviously this was a botched move. Cause yeah. when you do a back body drop, that's not what's supposed to happen. No, it's not. But the way he lifted him up in the air, that's how he landed. Gotcha. So it's so the international flavor, like I talked about, you know, you had Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis in a Mexican death match. That's lauded as one of the greatest <laughs> matches in ECW history. Yeah. You had Extreme, right? You see this, what is the image that I, that I got? So, so I'm seeing um, what looks like three different people in the ring. That's right. Um, one is on the ground because he got burnt by, in the face by a fireball. I was just going to say, it, it kind of looks like Oh, wait, is that somebody on the ground over there behind the table on fire? 
Yep, that's the quintessential stud muffin who just got flashed in the face with a fireball. So he's okay, down on the so ground selling. So there's four people in the ring. Oh, no, that's not him. One is Mahoney. apparently on the ground. There's another one with 3D written on his back and yep. on his socks. Nice yep. combo. Those are boots, yeah. Um, there's, I'm assuming a similar, maybe this is like a tag team match of some nature. That is correct. Um, and the guy... There's a guy up in the air with his crotch in the face of another dude. I don't that know happens. who's winning That's... that particular piece right there. But more importantly, there are two tables. One on looks fire. like it is very on fire, and yes, the sir. other one looks like it is just starting to catch fire. That is right, Brittany. So here we go. So extreme, right? So they would, they would do, again, barbed wire matches. They, they would, they would, there was an actual match where the, the entire the ring ropes, there were no ropes. It was barbed wire. Okay, they had flaming well, How do you bounce match. off of that? You don't. Oh, okay. You try to avoid getting thrown into it. That's okay. what you do, right? You have flaming tables. So, you know, this is, you know, this is uh, the Dudley boys, you know, beating up their half, Bubba Ray and Devon. Bubba Ray is the white guy. Devon, the dude powerbomb, and Spike Dudley is the black guy. Okay. And they're powerbombing their half-brother, Spike Dudley. Okay. Who, uh, you know, broke away from the family, and they're about to put him through a flaming table. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And then sign guy Dudley's in the corner, you know, cheering him on. Okay. And then the quintessential stud muffin in that awful button-up shirt is down there at the bottom of the screen. In a fetal position. No, no, no. That's actually somebody else. He's, he's the guy in the uh, outside of the ring that's standing up in that awful oh, shirt. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I got it. Yeah. Then you've got icons. you got the Sandman, a beer-swilling, cane-swinging <laughs> freak. I was so, going to say, does he have a bat in his hand? That's a kendo stick. Oh, even better. Oh, it's just so before Stone Cold Steve Austin and his little beer drinking gimmick and all that yep. crap, there was the Sandman. Gotcha. And then you got the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. Aw, that's a sweet name. Yes. Then you got a couple other people I want to show you. You got, oh, here we go. We've got Rob Van Dam on the far left. Okay. He's called the whole effing show, Mr. and also Mr. Monday Night. Okay. You've got Bill Alfonso, the, you know, who was all who used to be a referee and was the manager of Rob Van Dam. Okay. Who, who calls it right down the middle, Daddy. <laughs> and then you've got Sabu on the other side, who I've already introduced you yep. to. Yep. Then on the far right, you've got Taz, the human suplex machine. The human suplex machine? Yeah. So he everything yeah, so when he would suplex you, it would be called a Tazplex of any kind. Okay. You know, head and arm Tazplex. Head and arm Tazplex. German Tazplex, whatever, any type of soup. That was kind of like he, he was a, a legit, excellent technician in the ring. Gotcha. Small of stature, but he could stretch you and he could beat you down. I was going to say, he looks shorter, but definitely like he's got the stoutness. So he's got the kind of like uh, yeah. the, the better uh, center of gravity almost, a lower yeah. center of gravity. Yeah. And he's a legitimate tough guy. These are guys you don't, this is a, that's a dude you, you do not really want to piss off in real life. That wouldn't surprise me. I'd, I would be afraid of all of them so far. Oh, that's the great thing about them. And then my favorites, my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, my favorite valet slash manager of all time, and my favorite faction of all time. Okay. The triple threat. So on the far left, you've got Chris, Can- no gimmicks needed, Chris Candido, because that was, a, that was a whole thing about ECW, right? Yes, there were wrestlers that had gimmicks, but they were, they were more based in reality for the most part. Okay. You know, there, there, there were some things, they, some wrestlers that had gimmicks that were outlandish, but they weren't so outlandish that you thought that, like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, for example, <laughs> in WWE, there was a guy named uh, Mantar who had a singlet. What? 
Yeah, Mantar. He had a singlet, a brown singlet. So he was supposed to be like a, like a Minotaur, right? A, a, sing, a brown singlet. And he would have these little horns that were kind of painted on his head. What? Or you had this guy named Man Mountain Rock. So this guy dressed in tie dye. And he was, it was like a guitar player. It was, it was, that's the type of crap that was what? going on in the mid nineties. Yes. Well, no or, wonder you were more interested in this. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that I was saddled with. So, and then, so then on the middle, you've got the franchise Shane Douglas. That's the dude that start that kayfabe started all of this by throwing gotcha. down the belt. Then you've got the head cheerleader, Francine. She, that's my favorite valet. She is hardcore. Love her to death. Actually got to meet her. She's a sweet person in real life. Love Aww. her. Yeah. And then Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the East. May he rest in peace as well, along with Chris Candido. So the triple threat. Favorite faction of all time. Huh. So, so I, the reason I love it so much, and I don't know we're on time, but they were anti-establishment. They were different. They were counterculture. They, th- this, watching them, this is why I actually started liking rock music. Really? Yes, because a lot of the wrestlers, pretty much all of the wrestlers, some a rock. That was their theme song. Or alternative things like uh, Shane Douglas, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers. Nice. Chris Candido was ACDC, Back in Black. Yes. Bam Bam Bigelow, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh. (laughs) Tommy Dreamer, Man in the Box. That's awesome. The Sandman, Enter Sandman. Well, that yeah. I was so, going to say, if it wasn't that, I was going to be a little upset. And it was a Britney. Let me tell you this. This is the last thing. It was a cult-like following. Do you understand when the Sandman would come out, the crowd would sing his entire song Aww. while he went to the ring? There was another group called the you know, tag team called the Gangsters, and they had Natural Born Killers by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. Yeah. In their matches, the song would play the entirety of their match. What? Yes. So this is this is entertainment in a very different way. There's a, obviously a lot of theatricality involved in this too. Yes. But rather than the flashy theatricality, more like actual. I don't know. It's it like pyrotechnics. It, no, they didn't have that kind of money. So, well, I mean, they have they set a table on fire. Well, they, but yeah, but I mean, you know, all it takes is a gimmick table, and some lighter fluid, and a match. I mean, that's all. That's it. That doesn't cost anything. True. I, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about this that's so fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and the storytelling was so good. If you don't do anything to get a sense of this is what hooked me truly. If you watch a, a montage, one of their, their, their annual shows was called November to Remember. And the montage that they would do and showing the story and how all of the wrestlers got to this event or what the history behind, you know, the, the matches, mm-hmm. they would play, they would, you know, have clips of, their, of these, these events over November Rain by Guns N' Roses. That's so cool. It was, and it was, if that didn't get you emotionally invested into the stories going into it, then nothing will. Yeah. So the storytelling was was so good. It, it would, they, the Dudley boys, like this is the last, last thing. They used to rile up the crowd so much, talking crap about the crowd, saying, we'll fight you all, you know, bleep you and your family <laughs> and all of this and your mother and all this other type of yep. stuff. They would, they would have people outside of the arena, you know, still ready to talk at crap and, and just actually get in legit fights with them. What? This is the type of, 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 if you were disrespectful while one of the wrestlers is talking, they would call you out. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah there's, they, there's a lot mm-hmm. of audience interaction going on too. Oh yeah. It was, it, it, they didn't BS you. They treated the fans like, 
they were actually intelligent people. So this is the other thing that I went from being a mark, uh, you know, that's a type of wrestling fan that, you know, you, you either, either, you know, just so invested in one particular person or character yeah. or company, or you just believe that the stuff is real. If you're like a, like, 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 like a legit mark. Right. Yeah. But this is what turned me from a mark to a smart, which is a smart mark. So <laughs> a smart mark is somebody who knows, about like the actual inner workings of the business. Yeah. And through watching them, they use different terms. This is where I learned the term smart mark was from ECW and, and the term booker and, you know, and, and all of the business aspects and some about, about professional wrestling. This is how I started learning that stuff. Was That's through awesome. Them. So this is why it's so fluffy to be. And I will always ride or die for ECW for all of the faults <laughs> for all of the financial strife and issues that went for the people that had to come and go and yeah. left because of the finances, because of the doors being shuttered in 2001, I do not care. I will always love this promotion and I will always think it's the best and I will always be a mark for them. Yeah. That's, it's so fascinating to me because yep. it's, it's definitely, like I've, I've known that you've been into wrestling since practically since I met you, but what? to be to like i didn't realize that there were so many different places like so many different um promotions as you were calling them like yeah that's that's fascinating and to know that there is one that just kind of obviously got you into it really hardcore but also thinking about how i mean like i didn't recognize all of the different names you could you wouldn't exactly but there are there were some of them that were like knowing how because you mentioned before how certain groups that are certain performers or wrestlers that are still that are currently with wwe who are leaving wwe and going to a different promotion and how like like chris benoit is one that i know but that's also probably because of like the whole murder aspect of things right that's a little bit different that's something more that i'm is in my purview of things of nerd things i like to look at um Right. But it's like knowing how these these people and these characters are able to shift from group to group to group and doing such different styles of wrestling. Like I didn't realize the different styles of wrestling that were involved in this. Oh, there's so many different styles. If you go from like, you know, again, North America, unfortunately, they're kind of... Uh, again, WWE being the biggest, they're kind of wrapped up in the whole entertainment aspect. Like yeah. it's to the point where they don't even use on the commentary. They don't even call them wrestlers. They call them superstars. Wrestler is a bad word. Yeah. And that's why I've shied away from them. And the, the only reason that I watch WWE or make efforts to watch is because I like outside guys that are women that have come from other promotions, whether it's mm-hmm. new Japan or impact wrestling ring of honor since WWE is supposed to be the end of I want to see them be successful on what's still classified as the grandest stage in the industry. Gotcha. That's and I want to support them. Even if I didn't root for them in the previous promotion, like Taz is one of those dudes. Yeah. When he left w- ECW for the WWF. I, did, I never rooted for Taz at ECW, but when he went to WWF, rooted I'm like, for okay, I'm, I'm with you, man. Let's yeah. come on. So, so yeah, it's, it, it, they helped me really understand, begin to understand the business aspect of professional wrestling, but the true politics behind professional wrestling and it got to help me see some people from basically from 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 day one because obviously when ecw folded people you know even before they folded some of these wrestlers went on to other you know to wwf or wcw because it was a sinking ship as well so you know 
I got to see some people basically from getting their start all the way to the end of the career. And that's why some of those people stick with me yeah. and they mean so much to me as a wrestling fan. And even if I never rooted for them, even if I don't root for a wrestler, no matter who it is, I'm always going to have an appreciation for them yeah. because of what they are doing and the risk that they are taking for the purpose of my entertainment. Good, oh, bad, absolutely. and Yeah. I mean, the, the, turnover rates for wrestlers and just like the amount of hospital bills and things that can very, very badly affect them. Are there, are there promotions that still do this kind of extreme tables on fire, barbed wire ring wrestling? It's, it's real wrestling has changed so much back then. I mean, I didn't show you some of the images, but like some of the bloody matches that they would have, I mean, people bleeding all over each other. I mean, a lot of that is, is, is calmed down at least in the bigger promotions. Yeah. Um, you know, WWF does, you know, because here's the other thing about wrestling. A lot of times, like, wrestlers would blade and they would know how to blade in specific spots to get that porous that amount mean? of blood. Blade means to basically cut yourself open. Oh, gross. So, so, and they would know where to do it to get that crimson mask, right? Because that gotcha. adds to the vi- level of violence, that adds to the level of, of, of extremi- ext- extremity, right? Of, of, of the match. Yeah. Devon Dudley, if you ever look at his, if you look at a picture of him now, you'll see on his forehead, the marks and the scarring from some of the blading that he's done over the yeah. course of time. You'll yeah. see it. But I mean, uh, there are a few promotions that really they do it to the like that, like the level that they did it. Yeah. And that's why they used to get labeled as kind of like garbage wrestling, you know, back then. But what people don't understand is, is that they had tons and tons of technicians yeah. and, 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 and athletic wrestlers that you would take your breath away. Yeah. And you would just say, how they, 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 I can't speak highly enough. People like C.W. Anderson, people like, you know, Taz, that actually understood the, the finer points of chain wrestling and Greco-Roman style, yeah. all of that stuff, mat wrestling. They, they, they had guys, that, Shane Douglas is another one. So, but the, the, but the people all they saw from the outside looking in was just the violence in the chairs, but there was, they, they knew how to wrestle. Yeah. Every pay-per-view, I would watch from start to finish. Every television show, start to finish. I wasn't distracted by anything else. I wasn't bored. Their opening matches were better than some WWF and WCW pay-per-view main events. Yeah. Okay? That's pretty That's neat. how invest. Yeah. Love them to death. And I'll always love them. Aw. They're so That's fluffy. Right. I mean, they're, they're prickly. They're not really fluffy. They're, they stuff. actually, from the pictures you were showing, seem very, very hard. Like if yeah. you touched them, they probably don't like move. Oh, oh Brittany, in this last thing, there was one, there was one incident that got so much attention. So when Shane Douglas, you see Shane and Francine. Yeah. So Francine used to manage this group called this tag team called the Pitbulls. Okay. Okay. And one of the Pitbulls got injured. So Pitbull number two became what was was a singles wrestler, right? Okay. Well, she ends up turning on the Pitbulls. I'm sorry. She turns on the <laughs> Pitbulls to 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 go with the franchise Shane Douglas. Okay. So basically there, there comes an angle where they, you know, they're, they're, they have a rivalry. Shane Douglas breaks Pitbull number two's neck. Now what? it wasn't on pur- It wasn't on purpose. It was by, it was obviously an accident, right? He does a single arm DDT ends up breaking his, breaking his neck or I'm sorry, Pitbull Dude. one, Gary Wolf. He breaks his neck, right? So then Pitbull get, comes back in a halo brace. So, you know, the big giant halo brace where it's attached to your shoulder. You can't move. Yeah. You can't move. Yeah. So there was an angle where Shane, obviously this is decided on and, and choreographed beforehand, right? Shane t- grabs the halo and, and shakes it and what? throws it to the ground. And this 
was just so huge. People were like, oh my God, what the hell did you just do? Yeah, it, it, it set the wrestling world on fire when he did this. Good God. On fire. Now, obviously it's a work, right? It wasn't real. They did yeah. it so he wasn't, the dude wasn't really hurt. Yeah. But it was, it was so mind-blowing. Joey Styles on commentary. He's like, <gasps> Did he do the whole, oh, my God? No, that wasn't an oh, my God. That was a you despicable SOB. Gotcha. Kind of so storytelling, man. It was just so, it was extreme. Yeah. Well, it I'm lived done. up to its name. Oh, I'm done now. Oh, we went way too long. It's fine. I, I have learned so much today. Oh, and I have as well. Well, yeah, you did. I got a show that you'll never go watch, but it's fine. I, you know what? For you, I no, will watch. No, 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 no. I'm not expecting you to ever watch that. Are you kidding? I'm going to watch one episode. <laughs> I'm going to watch an episode. If you're going to watch one episode, you should watch the Dark Owl episode. It's in season two. Okay, I can't do that. I have to watch for the beginning. I can't. No, 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 no. If you're only going to watch one, you have to watch the best one. I, I can't just plot. I can't just drop into a television show. I, I, I can't do that. You you absolutely can. I'm it's anal fine. retentive. I he's can't the do best, that. He's the best, like, villain. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. It's the All principal. Right. It's, it's the principal right, okay. of the school. He wants to be a superhero. And his favorite superhero is the owl. Hoo-hoo! And he yeah. dresses up like a superhero, and it's terrible. Does he and try then, to fly, Brittany? No, fail? but he, he has, like, um, a, a can of, like, what I can only assume is, like, baby powder or something. And he goes, <laughs> owl mist, and he shakes it so that there's a cloud <laughs> of dust around him, and he runs away. <laughs> what is worse? What is, worse, owl, what is worse, owl mist or shark or, or bats or sharks, bat shark spray or shark oh, repellent? Oh, shark repellent. <laughs> no, it's, it's on that same level. It is so good. It is okay. so good. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I learned a lot. You learned a lot. Yes. We went way over and we don't care because nope. it was glorious. It really was. Worth right. it. All right. Well, I guess that is going to wrap it up for another episode of Nerd Pastiche. Yeah. And Brittany, why don't you tell the wonderful, glorious, beautiful listeners where they can find us? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Nerd Pastiche Pod, on Instagram at Nerd Pastiche. You can always send us an email at nerdpastichepodcast at gmail.com. No one's been using it. That's fine. I use okay. it. For now. For That's now. fine. For um, now. Let's... Hey, hit me up on Twitter because, you know, <laughs> You know, somebody talk games, you know, or something, you know. I, yes. I want to I I strike a balance. I found some wrestling people on there. I found some horror people on there. I think I found a couple of game people on there. But yeah. I definitely would love some more game people, especially with the whole, you know, PS5 versus Xbox wars oh, <laughs> that we got going yeah, on. yeah, the whole console wars, and then you get your, your PC gamers. Yes, yes. We don't want to leave the PC people out in the cold either. No, we're, yeah. we're cool too. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> well, new episodes drop every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, podcast.com, anywhere else that you like to listen. Uh, if you have another platform that you like to listen at that uh, we're making you listen to a different thing, tell us and we'll try to get onto that other platform too. That's right. That's right. Oh, I guess that's it for this episode. So until then, this is the way. I don't know where we're going. The Mandalorian. I mean, really.
I know. It's my bit. God. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>